Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much, man. It's uh, it's uh, darn near Christmas. We got snow. I can hear mice sweet down in the night, waiting to hear the, the, the big guy come down the chimney. I don't have a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just walks in the door and walks out with my TV. <laughs> yeah. We got fruitcake. Yes, I tried some. It was fantastic. It's a good fruitcake. Tracy mm-hmm. made. This is actually probably the best one she's made. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because she doesn't... Uh, she, this year, she did it like a month beforehand. And you're just like, oh, Christmas is next week. Let's make a fruitcake. <laughs> well, you got to let it soak in its juices. So this one's got rum in it. and Nice. And uh, yeah, just broke it open tonight and it'll probably be gone before Christmas. Well, it's very good. Yeah, it's like a meal. <laughs> uh, you got anything? You, got, you guys aren't going away over Christmas, are you? We, well, we do have the uh, the RV camped at Valens Lake, so we're going to spend some time there mm-hmm. uh, over New Year's. But otherwise, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, going to be a pretty quiet Christmas. Well, we're supposed to be heading up to Mew Lake over New Year's and with all these things going on we're just waiting for them to say yeah we're we're shutting down we're shutting it down what closing up shop you know what if if it's still a go we'll just hang out in our tent we'll do our hikes and mm-hmm. there you go you know have some fun anyway yeah. we, we got to get out yeah got to get out in the nature and just avoid the raves yeah 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 those raves that are there man the raccoon <laughs> raves and the squirrels and <laughs> party uh this is our second Last show. Second what is it? Last. The penum- penultimate? No. Penultimate? Pre- pre- no. Penultimate. That's the high, the peak, the the best. They, uh, this is the... We're cascading down to the new year. Something like well, that. What's our second second to last? I don't know. Isn't that the penultimate? Penultimate is supposedly the, the highest, the peak show of the year. Well, this ain't it so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, joining us on our second to last of the year, yeah. Kevin Callen. How you doing? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> What's the word we're looking for? What's the word? I like uh, Christmas cake. I like Christmas cake. <laughs> I'll mail you some. One slice. <laughs> I'll wrap one slice and put it in the mail. You guys know, seriously, you make that and you have it for all your winter uh, camping trips uh, through the whole whole winter season, and it's fantastic. And uh, I remember growing up, and my mom used to make it and give it to us all at Christmas, and my three sisters used to hide theirs like under, under, under the couch or whatever, and I used to get it, dust the mold off it, and, you know, take it camping with me. But see, in my house... Fruitcake is like beef jerky. If you don't hide it, it's not making it to that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets eaten yeah. long before that trip rolls around. Oh, man. Man. Wait, what, about, what about trifle? Have you ever had trifle at Christmas? Uh, What's ages trifle? ago. That's a, a British dish. Is that made from, from like kidneys or liver or something? Oh. No, it's a sweet. There's like bread and oh that oh the three kinds. And oh, see, I'm thinking of the the episode of Friends where uh, Joey made trifle. They oh, mixed the page. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Rachel made it, and, and she put beef and peas in it. Yeah, beef and peas in the trifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, she did it wrong. That's why I was thinking that. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, that's how you do it, Derek. You should go home and make one now. <laughs> Derek, Derek, don't pee in the trifle. That's fun. <laughs> right? Oh, hey, and, hey, congratulations. I, I remembered your name. I was, I was going to yeah. comment. It's like, hey, you used the right name, Kevin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Was that accidental? <laughs> no, I have it written down right in front of me. Actually, remember Aaron's <laughs> name. Remember good old what's his face's name? Uh, <laughs> Sean and what's his face? <laughs> Bob, George, Jacob, Jingleheimer, Schmidt. That guy. Yeah, that guy. So, how are you doing, Kevin? I'm good. Wait, what's your favorite uh, Christmas movie? The Grinch. Which one, though? All of them. Any of them. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big Christmas fan. Except for the food. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> well, well, so, so Die Hard. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? If it comes on, oh, yeah, I think it is. Like, the, the, this is contested by a lot of people, but I honestly think it is a Christmas movie. It's considered a Christmas movie. It, there's a Christmas party in it. it. It happens at Christmas time. It is Christmas themed movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas themed movie. I think, and, and it's one of the ones that if it's on at Christmas, I'm going to watch it. So it it's, sounds like it says both of you have tried to defend this with your spouses. Uh, not spouses. I saw somebody argued online the other day. And uh, it was uh, some guy from work, and and uh, he thought it was a Christmas movie, and him and his wife, uh, he says, well, it was a good role, uh, but she doesn't think it's a Christmas movie, so I guess we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, so. what, what, what about the, the Muppets Christmas? Oh, I haven't seen that one in so long. Derek, what? Isn't Kermit the Frog, like, uh... Green? Ratchet, Cratchet. Oh what, yeah, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. Wrong? yeah. Yeah. What is wrong with you? But but Derek, I'm going to call you Bob now. <laughs> <laughs> you you do not you haven't not seen the Muppets. What? Well, it's not like I'm seeking it out. I just watch what's on. Seeking it out. That's the first one you watch. Is it okay? So I'll, let's put I'll it this way. It. I'll see. I'll see if I, if I see it this year. The Witcher season two has just come out. Oh, is that now a Christmas? Sure. <laughs> because it just came out of Christmas. Because it just came out of Christmas? <laughs> no, no, but I was watching it just before I talked to you guys. Yeah, uh, I bet you did on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about uh, the John Denver uh, Christmas special? Oh, I haven't watched that in a while because my VCR is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that's that on burn. VHS tape there, uh, Kevin? Oh, I, that's a burn. I have it on DVD. <laughs> It's not on DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> and I also have it in my memory. I sing it to myself every every, every Christmas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I'm sure I've seen that at one point. Yeah, because you know, sitting around at Christmas, my parents when we were young, my parents always had control of the oh yeah the TV, right? Yeah. So okay, it, we didn't really have a straight. choice. Let me get straight. Wait, wait a minute. You you have a Powling radio show. That is all around the world now. Your favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. You maybe would watch The Muppets Christmas if you were reminded of it. And you really don't listen to John Denver during Christmas. Like, what is wrong with you guys? (laughs) We're too busy out paddling. (laughs) Yes, there you go. (laughs) I I do. Like, one of the other ones I watch all the time is uh, whenever it's on every year is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I do look forward to seeing that. Uh, Boo. What? Yeah, boo. Yeah. Whatever a bell what's, rings, what's the other uh, wings. What's the other big Christmas movie? It's got like Bing Crosby or whatever in it. Uh, the Cranks. I, I like the Cranks. Oh, oh, the Cranks. There's the Cranks, but the one yeah. you're thinking of is the uh, the their their buddy and the war buddy is uh, coming back, and they they put oh, on this big special. It's uh, it's the Bing Crosby. They yeah. stay in a yeah. hotel and. 
and the hotel big parties put on that, that I think that's one you're talking about, right? Yeah, Bing Crosby White, White, Christmas. White Christmas. White Christmas. Yeah. White Christmas. Yeah, I don't like that I one either. It. What? Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Really? Oh yeah. What's wrong with you? I like Bing Crosby. Okay. okay. So what's your what's your favorite Scrooge movie? Uh, Scrooged. Yes. Bill Murray. Bill. Oh yes. That is, right? that's oh, good yeah. One. oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Really, oh, yeah. that defines you the most. Like that movie makes no sense whatsoever. It's not supposed to. They're, why would they? What movies are supposed to make sense? Why would they? Why I think you're, you're supposed to watch Scrooge when you're too high out of the out of your mind. <laughs> there's, there's no concept whatsoever in that movie. There is when you're three sheets to the wind. <laughs> thought, quite so, quite so you, philosophical. <laughs> you follow that up with Groundhog Day. You would watch that before the Muppets. Oh, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. Okay. All right. Kermit's my hero. <laughs> if you go into my crawl space over here and you take a left, there's a box called Sean's Stuff and there's a Kermit the Frog in there. Oh, yeah. There's also a, doze, a doozer from Fraggle Rock. No, that'd yes. be cool. Yeah. Yes. There's also a crap load of Star Wars comic books. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of freaking me out, guys. I'm not even really sure why I'm on your show. That <laughs> <laughs> makes three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Fraggle Rock. I'm sure Fraggle Rock has a Christmas episode. Oh yeah, yeah. They were talking about making a comeback too. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin, let's talk about your 2021. Yeah. So year in review. So it's it's. I'd really like to hear about your year in review. What did you do? You got books. You got videos. You've done trips. You got more trips coming by this. I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, it was it was it was a, it was an odd year because you think back in time, and I think it's all a blur in our minds because we all are trying to forget it because of it's causing some mental dysfunction. Yes, whatever. but yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's the whole COVID thing. We we don't want to talk about COVID, or whatever. But the reality of it is, we were shut down again in the spring, and I didn't do my my uh, spring uh, fishing trip with my buddies in Algonquin, and you know that wasn't good. Um, and then the sad thing is we all thought, Oh, well that's, that's norm. It's called COVID. So, um, uh, and I, I kept my region. So I, you know, it was an odd one. And then finally I was like, Woo-hoo! we're allowed to go. And the very first trip I did was, uh, you know, I, I can't remember if it was the first trip, but the first memory of me going out was, um, uh, Christine, I'm a partner. And I, we went out to Southwestern Ontario and we did a big road trip to, I think it was 18 days. We went to um, every single provincial park and conservation area campground in southwestern Ontario. And the reason why is uh, to go back to the familiar. It, it, it's a good way to heal you uh, mentally, not physically too, but, ever, but, but mentally is to go back to the familiar and go back to the times where I, I went out in the, in the woods and why did I go in the woods and where did I work um, trying to conserve the woods and so we went to all these places, and it pissed down rain for 16 of the 18 days. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> oh, man, it was a heat wave, too, like a massive heat wave. But I had some great times because I went to different places. I banded birds again at Long Point where I used to work uh, uh, doing bird banding, so I went there again. Um, I went to all the conservation areas that, that I used to work at as well during uh, wildlife rehab. Um, I even did some really cool things, but... I actually, I, I was forced by tourism. I was forced to do this every day. I had to go to uh, 
uh, brewery, a uh, local brewery, because the whole idea was they said, hey, we heard what you're doing, Kevin. we fantastic if you promote the local businesses in, in southwest Ontario during your tour because they really need it. I went, Absolutely. I totally agree with them. So every day we went to, <laughs> to a, a brew, brew pub and basically <laughs> their beer and then was really funny they they they, they like what i was doing so they would give me some free beer and then what, by the time i got home my buddies all knew that so second day after <laughs> i got home we all came over and good lord i had a lot of beer <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing <laughs> it was it was a terrible well you know the one what i think one of the greatest days was i went to uh somewhere near sarnia i forget what it was but it was a it was a place that there were there were beehive people so oh, they yes they gathered the the honey and made meat and you know you always watch the the um uh robin hood movies and they're drinking mead well i'm mm. thinking what is that and it's it, it's a wine or beer whatever made out of honey and so we had that and that was cool yeah i i think we've had that conversation where i've always thought or maybe it was john van berger because he goes to this meadery yeah i always thought mead was really thick like a thick drink. No, no. And no, it's, it's not. Long, yeah. I, I, I thought so too until I, I had it. And it was a heat wave during the time. In fact, they put me in a bee costume and it was so funny. We went to check on the bees and they put me in a full costume and I was just sweating beyond belief. And the bee guy had nothing. Well, he had clothing on. He wasn't naked. But, but he had, <laughs> but he didn't have a bee <laughs> costume. A different show. <laughs> yeah, that's a different show. Yeah, bee porn. But, um, but yeah, uh, he was like, um, I go, you don't have any protection on? He goes, well, I've been doing this all my life. And he goes, you get stung all the time. I go, what, what, like, what on an average? He goes, yeah, we get stung about 10 times a day. I was like, what? Really? Like, really? Oh, my God. So I kept my outfit on. And, uh, well, we did a bunch of other things, too. Like, um, I, I think one of the, another great moment was uh, Selkirk, I think it was. It was in a small town. We were at uh, uh, one of the provincial parks there. We went into town. And the local... Um, restaurant was going to make us up some uh, some barbecue right right and there was a guy came up to me and he had a flask of whiskey and he goes i've had this flask in my backpack for years in Algonquin park hoping that you and andy would would uh my new buddy <laughs> would walk by us on the portage and we would share this flask of whiskey i went really really and i filmed it, it was great and and uh, greatest guy in the world uh, i had a great greatest moment and we drank out of the flask and um uh, you know, it's just one of those great moments, and that you just realize this is a really good community, this uh, canoe community, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a big family. Yeah, yeah, it was really kind of cool. So we did a whole bunch of those things. It was a, it was a long trip. I, I you know, I, there were some parks that were crazy busy, and others weren't. Uh, you did a, uh, a total of eleven of them. Yeah, the, I, I did it in sections too. I did all the Ontario parks, and then did all the conservation areas. And a lot of people don't know that you can go to conservation, conservation areas, uh, campgrounds, and camp at their campgrounds. And I, I really love promoting that because they were hurting for business, right? So I yeah. said, well, for, forget going to the beach on Lake, Lake, Lake Erie, go to this place. And yeah, yeah. Um, and things just happened. Um, tourism was laughing their buns off. Well, this is what happened was, uh, so it rained so much and there was a moment where Christine goes, can we just get a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, 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 the head of tourism uh, contacted me and said, we would like to give you a free hotel anywhere in southwestern Ontario, no matter the price, for you and Christine. 
<laughs> nice. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So we we were going to book something, uh, whatever where it was going to be, but it's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's pretty nice of them. Yeah. That's but, yeah, cool. yeah. 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 Um, after your Ontario Southwest road trip, uh, I think you and Christine went to the Upper French River, and that's where I received a phone call. What? Christine butt-dialed me. Oh. <laughs> well, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just went through oh. your videos today and, oh, yeah, she butt-dialed me. <laughs> I'm like, hello? 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 <laughs> for all the people for her to butt-dial is you, man. I could, I, why, first of all, why does she have your number? In the first I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and then, yeah. And then she just hung up on me. I'm thinking, wow. Okay. <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> you called that me. Funny. That was funny. She was in a pure panic, actually, uh, when she uh, did that. And I went, well, who'd you phone? And Sean really went, are you kidding me, man? We are, we are so connected for the rest of our lives somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got one of those uh, alcohol wipes and wiped her phone down after that. So. <laughs> I set mine on fire. <laughs> but you know what? Like, there's, we got this phone call. It's got to be six, seven years ago now. And it was this, it, it was this little old lady had called. She obviously misdialed. And she had a, a an island accent. That's all I can describe it as, is an island accent. And she realized, oh, I called the wrong number after she asked. I said, no, not a problem. And we got to talking. And every couple of years, she seems to miss dial. And I know right off the bat, the minute I hear her voice, and we have a conversation. So sometimes those uh, accidental phone calls (laughs) are pretty good. (laughs) Unless it's Kevin Callan's girlfriend butt dialing you, apparently. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. That was a good trip, though. Actually, uh, what happened was my my publisher. Um, uh, you know, it, it, to go back, it, the whole thing was uh, my my publisher. In fact, the head of the publishing, Firefly Publishing, which I really don't talk to. Like he's a the big week breaker. He contacts me, writes me a, a letter, <laughs> Ooh. and said, uh, "Boy, your book sales did really well in 2020. Uh, I never saw that coming." I went, "Really, buddy? Like it's coding <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Are you serious, man? And um, yeah, we're out of stock on a, a bunch of your books. Uh, one was um, Peller's Guide to Killarney and the French River. It completely sold out. And he goes, we, we need to do a rewrite. So typical publishing, for good reason. Like They're they're all marketing people. They're like, can you add and change things? Or can you add more roots? I went, yeah, yeah, okay. So then I went off and piled a bunch of roots. And one was the one I went with... Uh, Christine, we did the upper French, which is actually a, a lost gem, to be quite honest. Um, so many people do the lower French, uh, the middle French, the blue shoot area. But the upper French up by um, uh, Docus, you put in there, and you go up to towards Lake Nipissing. And, yeah, there's lots of cottages and camps, where they call camps there, whatever, and fishing lodges and stuff. But because of COVID and because it was mostly American-owned cottages, it was a, it was a ghost town. There was no one there. Really? We we saw we, we were out for seven days, I think, and we saw not one other paddler. We saw one motorboat and this was in the middle of the summer. Wow. Well yeah, I guess so, if the Americans weren't allowed to come up. Yeah, yeah. 
water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're all shut down. So, so and, and also, even if they weren't shut down, it's such a scenic place. I, I love that area because my dad uh, uh, brought me up there. We, we used to always go there to the fishing lodges. Right. And we'd all go fishing there. And I remember I remember the, the greatest moment, whatever, we're out fishing at one of the fishing lodges in a motorboat. And two, uh, two American guys are uh, off-duty cops, and they needed some lures to bore off uh, us for musky fishing. So they off they went. And we're out fishing for some walleye, and we heard, boom, boom, boom. We're like, what the hell's that? And then the motorboat just just raced by us. We're like, well, that's still guys. Like, what's going on? They were lures. So we went back to the lodge, and there they were taking a picture of the musky they had caught and the boat with three bullet holes in it. <laughs> And they caught this giant muskie, and they panicked and got a revolver out and shot it three times. <laughs> it's a true story. I actually have that photo at home. It's a true story. Wow. And they, one guy was bailing. The other guy was using the motor to get back to shore as quick as possible. And we got our fish. <laughs> wow. Yeah, true story. <laughs> fish was so big, we had to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine that panicking, right? I mean. Catching a muskie is one thing, but I, I, I've caught a muskie in a canoe once, and I tell you that that that, that muskie pulled that my canoe around for like a, a day. <laughs> so yeah, we we did we did that trip. That was a really good trip. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we had really bad weather again, though. It, it just just poured down rain the entire time. In fact, it rained solid for eleven hours, wow. nonstop. <laughs> not, not just a trickle, downpour, solid for eleven hours, and. We kind of just proved that we're like, oh, well, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Is there actual canoe campsites up along the river that that, that way? Yeah, yeah. So what you do uh, on the upper French or even a, a, the entire French, you, you reserve in zones. So I, I forget the number of the zone, but you do online. And, and so you don't reserve a particular site. You actually uh, reserve the zone. So we would go into the zone, whatever. And then I knew I had one of the many campsites that are there. They are maintained, but not on a regular basis like Algonquin. Um, the sites we used were okay. Uh, they were kind of rustic. Uh, we, we did not see any problems with garbage and stuff, but I can see that might be a problem with the motorboat traffic and the, the day fishing guys and stuff like right. that. I can see that being a problem. But when we were there, it wasn't an issue. But you tell that they weren't really used a lot at all. And then to go out and, and paddle out from the uh, upper part of the French into Lake Nipissing was just an oasis. Like uh, it was fantastic, right? So, yeah, and see, I, I'm one of those ones that I always head towards Georgian Bay. Yeah, and, and so do I. But if you think about it, you go out to George Bay as the ocean like vista, right? And and you're like, oh, I'm in George Bay, and then you see all these <laughs> yachts and these speedboats and oh yeah, people. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then it, it kind of like and like it's like picking the, the, the balloon. Uh, <laughs> I just like paddling through all the little islands. Like the, it's like the Galapagos, whatever you want to call it there, is yeah. just paddling between all the little big rock islands and stuff. Oh, fantastic. If you ever, ever want to do the ultimate uh, French River trip, you start at the West Bay of Lake Nipissing, which actually, by the way, is phenomenal Crown Land camping, and I should never tell you about that. Uh, but but if you want to do a few days of getting away from anybody, go out to uh, the West Bay of Lake Nipissing. And then that's kind of like Georgia Bay, but Lake, Lake Nipissing is shallower. And then you head down the entire French River all the way to Georgia Bay. But then keep going. Go all the way to, to Killarney. Go all the way to Philip Edward Island and work your way around there. And you're going to, ha- in fact, keep going. You just keep going after that. Go to Lo- North Shore of Lake Huron. 
I quit your job and just spent the entire summer going. <laughs> You're starting to sound like my wife. <laughs> well, keep going. going. Just keep yeah, going. Yeah, Don't come back. Just keep, keep going. going. <laughs> the scenery is unbelievable. The water quality is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you've got some black bear issues on the islands that get used to, you know, anglers uh, uh, clean their, their catch on the oh, islands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Left, so they come and check it out. So you got to watch that. And Massasauga rattlesnakes, um, they're really rare. They're an endangered species. But if you want to see one, go with me. Um, I, I went to poop once and realized there was a snake running underneath my left buttock. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, we had a tiny uh, a baby uh, rattlesnake on our site the last time I was up that way. He was only not even a foot long. Okay, but Sean, the, the mother has to be nearby. <laughs> there you go. I wasn't thinking about that at the time. I put that right <laughs> in my mind. Thank you very much. They're, they're, not a, they're not a huge issue. The mess out of rattlesnake, you literally have to step on it before it even thinks of biting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would worry more about your dog. If you have a dog, uh, just watch the dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they are poisonous. <laughs> yes, apparently they are. <laughs> very, very toxic. They just rarely bite. <laughs> but when they do <laughs> uh, so after the upper French you did some crown land I know you went searching for some crown land camping up where you were yeah I, th- I think that was one of the coolest parts of my summer which was never supposed to happen so my buddy Andy and I were supposed to do a whole bunch of trips one was in, in Nikina uh, one was on uh, Lake Nipigon, Uh but he he's doing the uh, you know the recreational barrel work thing right yeah. so um, he because of COVID he was going nuts with his business, and every time we would do a trip, he goes, "Sorry, Kevin, I can't go. I'm just swamped with with work." And uh, that, that's a side business too. I mean, he, he's uh, he works for the Ministry of Natural Resources, right? So for species at risk stuff, and and so I said, "Oh, no problem, problem." But then I was stuck. I'm thinking, well, "What do I do now?" And I started doing uh, investigations of Cranland where I lived. But here's the cool thing, guys. Get this. I didn't tell anybody where I was going and I didn't film it and they didn't write about it. I did five trips without a camera. So did it oh. happen? <laughs> so if, no pics, no proof, which leads me to wonder, how did I know about this? <laughs> I, well, I did the one video. I did the one video <laughs> for Crown Land, but it was like, you know, a quick video, but, but, I there was a day where I, I was I, I was I, I'm not knocking YouTube and I'm not gonna, not knocking social media. Well, so there's times I will knock social media to be honest, but I'm not knocking, knocking YouTube. But I was I was tired of it all, and I thought Kevin, just go on a trip to do a trip for God's just sake. Enjoy just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went and I, I, I enjoyed that. I found some great places for brook trout and um, some areas that there was a day though where uh, I, I you know was, I was driving down this back road and. There was a car by me, a red, a red Chevette. And I was like, what the hell? Was and, and I realized it was a, a fan of mine following me, and he wanted to know where I was going so he could find the crown land. Oh. And I think that was a moment where I thought, Kevin, just go and do your camping thing just because you want to, not because of anything else. And I think that's really important for everybody to, to register about that. I, I'm, again, not knocking anybody that does videos. I, I, I don't have... I don't watch TV. I don't even know how to turn the TV on. I, I just watch YouTube and and Netflix, whatever. But but I just love the YouTube channels and uh, I love the latest um, uh, winter camping with was uh, Lost Canoe Xander guy and also um, uh, Brad, and they did the same trip together. 
and to watch those three videos together and just to see the difference. Like Brad, to me, told a really good, solid story. Uh, other The other videos were great, but Brad could tell a story better than the other guys. That's Brad Jennings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed his mo- most of the three. I, not, not, not as a contest at all. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, I, Brad. You won. <laughs> well, it, it shouldn't be a contest, but if you want my opinion... Uh, uh, he told a better story of the trip. So you look at these three YouTube guys going on this winter trip together, and they did the same video. And I think, oh, that'd be interesting of how they did that. So I, I, I'm not pronouncing his name, though, but the Xander, the guy, he, he's very comic, really good, really good uh, eye catcher, um, and keeps the thing going. And then Jonathan, really good uh, film person, like the really captures the mood and gets some good scenes. And then just uh, tonight I watched Bradley's one. And, yeah, if you want to know exactly what happened on that trip to tell the story, that's the one to watch. You know what? It's it's neat to do that different points of view. I used to do canoe trips with a couple of people. And we would all, you know, like do photography uh, um, canoe trips. And, you know, we'd all have our tripods and our good cameras. And we'd all say, oh, let's take a picture of this sort of deal. And you could set our photos together. And you could tell who had taken what because we all throw a different spin or point of view on that landscape or that waterfall or or something like that. So uh, you got to think with the with the YouTube videos, having three different guys film it and put together a, a film, their own retrospective, their own the sort of view viewpoint on that trip, right? Yeah, you would, and you would think that there's you know goods and bads of that too. Like there's a certain point where it's overkill right it's like you all know everybody's filming but in one sense i think think that's kind of cool because we all know they're all filming it's a given mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas the, the old days of tv um when i do some tv shows whatever they they would do everything they could to make sure that nobody knew that we're filming yeah right so uh it's, it's different it's a different uh, concept right so yeah and you know we don't have the the massive budgets that tv shows would have either so we got to do it the no. cheap way yeah. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and you think about it, Les Stroud is one we should all celebrate because he was one of the first to sort of film him walking away from the camera and then come back for the camera. Yeah. Right? I, I've I mean, done that before, and after a while you're like, oh, my God. So much work. Just too. Because you, you, set, you set it up on shore, you, you know, then you walk by the camera with your canoe on, you put it on shore, you t- put your gear in, and then you paddle away. And then you paddle all the way back. Yeah, yeah. Get your camera, yeah. pack it up, and then you paddle away. You know, and doing that time and time, or you you go in, you set your gear up, you paddle out of frame, and then you paddle in like you're just coming up to the portage when you've already been there to set up the camera. Yeah. You know, and do the whole whole thing. It's yeah, it, yeah. it's a lot of time to do all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. But about a month ago, I was I volunteered to um, go and speak to uh, some outdoor club in in Bancroft, some high school, and uh, I, I got there, and you could tell they're they're all COVID exhausted. They're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I did my t- I started presenting my typical, "Oh, I love wilderness. This is why I like wilderness." And they're like, "Yeah, whatever. We live in Bancroft. We like wilderness too. Who cares?" And, and then so I changed it up, and I, I I started giving them scenarios about about working in the outdoors about trying to make a living in the outdoors and then filming and about writing and stuff. And the one kid, uh, um, and I'd say kid cause they're grade nines, right? So he said, so what do you really think about filming 
walking away from the camera and then coming back for it. What do you really feel about that? And I went, stupid. This is really stupid. I wish I couldn't do it. And he goes, yeah, that, that's that's good because we all know that you're coming back for that camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not leaving it there for the next person. Oh, and I, I follow yeah. Kevin Kellen on his trips because he leaves cameras everywhere. <laughs> then I sell them on eBay. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it became a great moment because I'm thinking, yeah, bring it on. Bring those solid questions to me. I want those solid questions. I don't want this, uh, the normal stuff that we all chit-chat and I go home and thank you very much, Kevin, for coming out. And these kids were throwing, and I started talking about scenarios, about things that happen in the woods. What would you do when this emergency thing happened? Uh, I, I told a story about a middle-aged couple, and the middle-aged man made a pass at the young woman, and the wife turned, caught him, and then there was a fist fight. And what would you do? And, oh, this is great. I'm so glad Kevin did this <laughs> Note to self, when I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, so... You you did your Crownland camping. You found you found some good spots that you're not going to share. I did. I, I re relocated some spots. I also found some spots that were completely trashed. Oh yeah. Um, actually, I'll, I'll tell you one place to stay away from right now. It's along the one highway one eighteen uh, near Apsley, uh, between Bancroft and Apsley. It's called Clear Lake, and um, I used to go there a lot. There's got some splake in the lake, and there's some Crownland sites. I went there. There was human poo everywhere. There was local signs. People had written signs and put them on trees saying, go home, we don't want you here. Um, wow. And the campsites were completely destroyed. Uh, bags of garbage left as if someone was going to pick them up for them. Like, wow. uh, like It wasn't just, you know, we heard signs about this all the last couple of years, whatever. But I started videotaping it, and then I said, no, no, Kevin. We're not doing this. We're not videotaping our trip, and we're not videotaping any negativity today. Like, just go to somewhere else. And I, I found another lake uh, that I had to do some work to get in, to be quite honest. I, the only way to get in is to portage the canoe through, like, brush and caught some nice speckles and found a spot that really wasn't a campsite. Um, and then, yeah, it's still, it's still happening. It, you can still do it, but... Yeah, it's changing times. Uh, for good and ba- better, bad or whatever reasons. Um, I gotta say though, I am. Uh, I got a call from Ontario Parks uh, last week, and they want to do some stuff with me to promote um, etiquette in, the, in for winter camping. There, oh, there, there's so, there's so many people winter camping in the front country, not the back country yet. But uh, they're like, can you help us with this? Because it's just out of control. So are you going to get Gary the puppet involved in that one? They don't want Gary. <laughs> they specific- Nobody wants Gary. And <laughs> so it's so funny you say that because for many many times I've brought Gary up to groups like uh, saying, "Hey, like you know this this will solve it. Gary is the best thing ever. Like if you want an audience, and and they're like, yeah, we're not comfortable with that, Kevin. Owen. But huh. if you do what you do, if you do your typical." Like spiel, you, you only get the converted watching it. You won't get the others watching it. So I don't get what your problem is. Like, um, so, but yeah, they don't want Gary. So, hmm. well, alrighty. Because <laughs> you did the uh, camping etiquette with Gary video this year. Yeah, that was, and, and what was going on during that time? You got to imagine 
during the springtime, and this was during lockdown, so I was doing some media stuff. Um, and again, I'm not knocking Ontario Parks. I think there was some political thing at, at, at play that they weren't answering the media, but they were not answering the media. No, they so the media were going to me and say, Kevin, can you do the segment on all this stuff that's going on with the, with, uh, the Ontario Parks and selling of sites and the etiquette and stuff? Because we're not getting any response. I went, yeah. And, I, and in two weeks, I did 46 interviews on wow. on CBC, on, on radio, and all across North America. I was doing that. All on my own thing, right? And I think, okay, there's a certain point where I'm thinking, I agree with what I'm doing. I think this is fantastic. But, I, I, you know, holy and there was um, a past person uh, that was retired from the government that I know. I, I won't say who he was, but he's a good guy. And he, he phoned me. He actually phoned me instead of email. He phoned me. He goes, uh, Kevin, you got to keep up what you're doing right now because something is going to change and they're going to make a change. It's, it's given, but things are being slowed. But if you can keep that going up, I went, yeah, but why am I doing this? He goes, well, I'll tell you what. For a prize, I'll I'll tell you. You know that one speckled trout lake that I I, I know of, and I won't tell anybody. I'll tell you where it is. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> that just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no. It was one of the past ministers too. Like, uh, and I, I knew he's a, a a big angler, and he showed me. He sent me the map, and he said, "Go fishing here now." And he did as a thank you for all the stuff I was doing. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you enjoy doing that sort of thing and getting the message out. But on the other hand, it's not your job. Exactly. It's the park Ontario Park's be, job. The park should be speaking about it. It's it's good that you have a voice. You have a platform and a voice, and you can get the message out there. But it's the responsibility of the park. And a lot of people were, were scratching their heads over it this summer. Or, uh, they were like, why isn't the parks? Because people would reach out, and the odd person would get a... Uh, cryptically worded email saying you know almost like a border plate it was just like blah this is what we're doing and it's like well that didn't really answer any of the questions and um, so it's it's nice that you're able to speak up and speak out with with the platform that you have and the voice that you have well the big thing though uh, uh, Derek is too is I, I also know a lot of people that work for Ontario Parks that are really solid individuals and really good friends of mine and I could see them being frustrated you, can you imagine working for Ontario Parks during that time yeah oh, it, you were that deep in what your job was all about, how frustrated you would be. Yeah, you're not allowed to speak out. They're saying, no, 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 yeah. you know, only the official voice can be spoken, right? So, Yeah, it's politics, right? Yeah. So it, yeah. I, I knew that long ago. I mean, I, I only worked for Ontario Parks for a year and a half, and I was let go because I, I didn't wear the proper uniform. I wore a dangerous dan outfit. Yes. Uh, that's very <laughs> wonderful. But, but I knew back then that, yeah, I, I, I'm – going to be that other voice outside of this whole thing and so when that uh, I, I wasn't negative towards them I, I was just sort of like okay I'll keep going but and things will change uh, you, you go back in time back in the 70s when they did that film in Clarny crickets make me nervous go look at that film on YouTube well I, I think you guys uh, we talked about it before but go and look at it it is a hilarious film that's Gary the puppet film for sure. <laughs> that is a Gary the Puppet. I mean, if you watch the Gary the Puppet, the very first um, segment we did this spring, the music is from that film. Oh, is Gary, it? Oh, it is. Yeah, uh, she, he shoots. He scores. He shoots. Oh, he right, scores. right, right. You want to watch Gary? Uh, uh, Cricks make me nervous. Um, it, it's very iconic, and yet they're not doing that anymore. And I get it. I get it. But um, you know, whatever. But uh, when I, the <laughs> 
Okay, I'll tell you one. I'll, I'll tell you the story that I shouldn't be telling, but this is this classic, classic story. And I've been drinking tea all night, all day. So just so, you know, it's not going off in tangent here, or whatever. But so what happened was, I went to the Birchbark Media guys and I said, "Guys, there's a whole bunch of stuff is happening now. We got to do a Gary video." And Birchbark Media, they're not making any money off off Gary the Puppet either, but they're also getting bored with their creativity at times too. So, so Phil, which is Gary, he goes, "Yeah, okay, we'll do that." But they were really busy, so they, they picked me up at my place, and I go, where are we going to film this? Because it was a lockdown, right? And, oh, we got a place, we got a place, and we're driving uh, down by the Kortha Highlands, and there's a trail just out south of the Kortha Highlands, but it was still part of the Kortha Highlands Provincial Park. And we go to park there, I went, guys, guys, no, no, we cannot film in a provincial park. We don't have a permit or nothing, right? Oh, Kevin, you're so paranoid about everything. You, won't ever, you just got to be perfect all the time. And, yeah, I know, because what we're doing... And what would if someone catches us? So imagine this. I can't believe I'm telling the story, but this is funny as hell. So we arrive. We got Gary the puppet. We got the scene set about, you know, ethics. And the one scene is Gary's in the tent and he's drinking uncontrollably and he's throwing his liquor bottles out of the tent. Right. And, and he says, I'm not to clean this up because we paid good money for this campsite. Someone else will clean it up. Great scene. We also choose a place to put the tent where there's a big, huge sign saying, no camping. <laughs> and I go, guys, we can't do this. What if we get caught? And they're like, well, first of all, this is really funny for that sign. And second of all, who's going to catch us? Well, the only person that used that hiking trail that morning happened to be one, the marketing manager of Ontario Parks. <laughs> Oops. And I, I, knew oh, it. I knew it. I, I see her coming down the trail, and that was the moment <laughs> Gary's in the tent throwing liquor bottles out. Uh, underneath the sign saying, no, no camping. And <laughs> Kevin, what are you doing? And I went, oh, no, 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 no. So I explained to her why we're doing this and w- what we're doing and nothing. She goes, well, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so every time Kevin goes camping now without a permit, he just tells them, oh, we're filming. <laughs> we're filming Gary. It's always Gary's fault. So but that, that, the scene, though, the scene, you had to see how, how uh, I mean, these guys, again, are not in the canoe world. They don't know anything to do with the canoe world or the camping world, whatever. But they also look at social media. And what is Gary, the very first scene, what is he? He comes over the rock and he goes, I'm here to cross some bush. Yeah. I'm here to help you craft some bush. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I said to Scott, the producer, I go, he can't say that. He goes, why can't he say that? That's really funny, Kevin. I went, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so it's double entendres. Yes. Well, because they said, like, there's a lot of uh, these fake bushcrafters going into the park and, and making all these 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 sites that they shouldn't be doing. And Kevin, it, it's wrong, right? Well, yeah, it's wrong. Absolutely wrong. And he goes, well, then let Gary be Gary. Make fun yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> Well, it definitely needed. Uh, I mean, it covered the majority of the the etiquette that you're you should be showing in the when you're camping. Yeah, I would. I, I would love to do more with Gary. Uh, the only thing is, so we did a second one because you know they're like, "Hey, we got a lot of attention with that one," and we did a second one. And of course, they're like, "Well, we're not making money off this, Kevin. We're a business." Like, mm-hmm. right? and so like, okay, let's move on. I went, "Oh, come on." <laughs> I there, there was a moment there where I, I and it, maybe I, I, like I'm I'm a really bad business person, but I I thought I'm going to make T-shirts up because I don't do the um, this 
swag stuff on on YouTube because it's just not me. Yeah. But um, but the, the whole thing, I, I wanted to create T-shirts saying "Don't be a Gary." <laughs> true. And yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. But the, the only thing about it is, like, there's a couple of people I know, like, uh, well, Gary Smith, uh, he's on social media, uh, and he goes, "Gee, Kevin, that'd be really funny." But not, my name's Gary. I went, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> don't yeah, be Gary. I know a few Garys. But yeah. A couple of them you wouldn't want to be. Yeah, but. yeah. me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for more uh, Gary videos. Yeah, yeah. It, it basically, uh, when dealing with them, it, it whatever inspires them and, and makes them be creative, uh, it, they'll go for it. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> they gotta pay I, their I, bills I, too. Well, every time I visit them, they're like, "Oh, Kevin's here again." Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, fun though. It, it yeah, it looks like it, it's a lot of fun. Um, you did uh, a couple of late fall trips with the hot tent. How is it? Yeah, that's one thing I've never done is canoe tripped with a hot tent. Oh God, that's fantastic! You put it in a, in a canoe. Um, what, what happened with that though? Too, I, I've done that. I don't know how many years I, I've done my one or two trips in the fall. It, 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 the problem is it's way too hot in the hot tent in the yeah, fall yeah, because uh, uh, the temperature's whatever, but it's also too cold to cold tent it, right? So because um, things change. But, cause they, my, so my buddy, Andy, was really busy in the summer, and then finally he, he sent me a note and said, hey, Kevin, I finally got some time for you. I went, really? Like, like it's just before Halloween. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> like, it's really late in the year. Like, I, I love fall tenting, whatever, but you, are you kidding me? But because of global warming, he goes, well, look at the weather this week. We're, we're good. And I went, yeah, okay, book it. And he booked Lake Obiongo. Awesome. And I, I'll tell you. Oh, no, no, no. I'll tell you first thing. No, I was I was pooping my, my drawers for that trip. I, oh, yeah? I said, I, no, well, it's the largest lake in Algonquin. Yeah, yeah no one, all the weather's are predictable. Big waves, big water. Yeah. So I, I said to him, I said, because it was it was the last minute, like, literally like a two days before the trip I, and I packed up and I got everything ready. And, and I said to Andy, I was like, if something goes wrong with weather and something happens to us, you know, nobody will give a damn about, about us because we should have known better. And I, you got to realize on a trip, I'm the paranoid guy. I'm the one that actually looks at a rapid 10,000 times over before I run it. Okay. And they know that they're like, no, here goes Kevin again. I went, but seriously, we're on Obiongo Lake just before Thanksgiving. What was really funny is we we, we all decided, yes, no problem, we're, we're heading up anyway, the weather's supposed to be good. We get there, and everything's locked down. Like, mm-hmm. Obiongo Outfitters, the boats were out of the water, the docks were out, um, the access point thing was closed down, and nobody, nobody was there. We're the only person or only group on that lake for five days. You imagine nice. being on a Lake Obiongo with nobody else for five days, right? That's pretty wild. That'd be glorious. It, it was great. It was great. The weather was fantastic, and we had a hot tent. But I had this rule. I said, guys, we're you know we're we're supposed to go to the north uh, arm and do a loop. I went. I'm not doing that because if the weather changes again, nobody will feel sorry for us if we die. Yeah. Okay? So um, I go. Let's just keep the south arm, and they change the reservation online. We're able to do that. And this is where it gets really weird. So <laughs> we're paddling to uh, what's called Base Island. It's a kidney-shaped island. And uh, I don't know if you know about Base Island, but a couple of things going on about that. It, it, if, you, if you were a bear, that's mm-hmm. where you would cross to go over Obiongo because it's the, the narrowest 
point of land on Opeon Golden. There's beech trees on both sides, so that they're known for the beech trees in, in the fall. But also, that's where the Base Island incident happened Yes, uh, in the in 90s, where two people were eaten by a predaceous bear on Base Island. So here's Kevin's moment. This is the moment. This is the... You do not understand the luck that I have, or bad luck, whatever I have. We're going out, and I'm thinking, okay, we'll choose any side on the south arm. No problem. I don't think in... As long as it's not Base Island. Like, dun, I'm not dun, camping. Dun. <laughs> well, if all the research I did... So, I, I, so I've written quite a lot on that incident uh, for various magazines and a book, whatever, and stuff like that. And, and I got the OPP report about exactly what happened on, on, on that incident as opposed to what the media talked about. And I, so I knew we, everything that happened on that, like that campsite. We get to there, and sure enough, uh, there's one site, and if we go around the point, uh, it's too windy, so we should look at this site. And I went, I'm not staying on that site. And Andy goes, why not this site? I went, that's the Bates Island site. Why would I camp there? And uh, they're like, Kevin, you're so paranoid. Like, they can't happen twice on one site. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I'm not camping here. I'm not camping here. It's like camping at a haunted mansion. It's like Scooby-Doo. Camping <laughs> in a graveyard or something. Yeah. Whoa! Right? So <laughs> so we go around the point, and we actually get to the, the next site, and we, we were able to get to that site. It was fine. It was a beautiful site. But it's like literally like 70 meters away from that other site. Oh wow! And yeah, I, I, nightmares at night. night. I would wake up in a in a, in a sweated dreamscape and just like we're going to die. Uh, but we're fine. Quite a good trip. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss. All right, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've paddled by that lake, going, "Eh, there's that uh, or that island," and thinking, "Yeah, there's there's Bates Island," and just continued on. Yeah. You know, or, Keep on well, people don't know about it. You, you would think maybe because like the history, they might want to. Well, they wouldn't shut that site down. It's a beautiful site, actually. But but Tim Tim Folio was with us. He didn't know any of the history of it all. Oh, really? Uh, no, he said, "Well, what are you talking about, Kevin?" And I told him, and he goes, "Why did you tell me that story? I was fine until you told me the story." <laughs> and he had a hook hand. It's better not knowing. <laughs> oh man, it's a brutal story. Like there was two people that went on that site. Uh, they were cooking a roast. Um, a predaceous bear came and got them. Um, he hit the bear in the head with a paddle, didn't do anything. Uh, the bear killed them both by, by taking their heads off with the one swamp, uh, uh, with her paw. Oh, wow. And then pulled them back on the island and pulled their clothes down, almost like pulling their skin down like they would any animal, and buried them a bit to get them decomposed a bit so they would, the, the flesh would be softer. And then when they didn't come back, uh, Jerry from Algonquin Outfitters, he went to investigate and he, he went to the campsite and felt something's wrong here. Then he went back and contacted the, uh, the parks people and the OPP. So they actually got a boat on the other side of the island with the uh, parks people with a dart gun because they're like, well, if the bear comes out, we'll just dart it. Um, and the OPP did a line going across the island, uh, and the one officer saw the bear uh, consuming the one man, and he shot it, reloaded, shot it, reloaded, shot it again, reloaded, and, yeah, it created a huge controversy. Wow. Uh, yeah, there, there's... I mean, it doesn't happen all that much, but when it does, it's usually uh, yeah. total front-page news. What was the controversy? Yeah. 
Well, whether they, they should have killed the bear at the time, because the bear was just doing its natural thing. It was eating people, but well, people were in well, its habitat. Yes, but, but still, well, you, you, well, now the bear recognizes humans as food, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it's the same but that's thing. the whole controversy. That's, that's been around forever, and it will be around forever. Well, we're in their home. Exactly. So they should be I able to do what they want. I agree with that. I do agree with that. But once the once the bear recognizes humans either as a source of food or as being actual food, you can't have that. And that's why people people who, who think can't have that. Nobody can have that. People can't have that. But it's the bears. Yeah, what, what bear does? We Derek, should, Derek your, your your point is very anthropocentric. It's like we're important and the bear is not. Well, no, it's not saying that. It's like people are... Yeah, you are. You are, though, Derek. You're, you're saying, that well, the bear ate people, so therefore we should kill the bear. Because well, the people, you know, bear's going to do it again. Not if people yeah. stay away. No, well, the so bear... stop is, camping is, is what you're saying. Well, if the bear does it again... Close down all the parks. Well, right? that's, so, that's, that's, the con- that's the whole controversy. It's, it's divided. People say, well, kill the bear, then we don't have to worry about it. And other people are, well, you're in the bear's habitat. It's like me walking into your house and start destroying your house. What are you going to do? Well, don't let him in your house or, well, it's what he does. Mm-hmm. Well, Derek, do you know what Quetico is doing? In fact, actually in, in Nova Scotia too, in, in their national parks, they're doing this now. They've done that for many years now, but uh, it's a new thing in Quetico. When a bear becomes a problem um, in the interior of Quetico in some regions, they shut it down to human beings. You're not allowed to canoe trip there anymore. They That's shut a it good down. idea. I like that plan. Until the bear does not associate with that issue, right? Correct. Um, because really, like, if you talk to to Ontario Parks people, that all their lives, as soon as the bear comes a problem, they have to go and shoot the bear. They have problems with that. They're like, "Come on, guys!" Like, no, I agree. Hundred percent. Yes. And I like the idea of shutting down the park, and so that's actually a pretty good idea. So the, the, once the bear starts to become a problem, and, and what my issue is, is uh, you have too many people who are irresponsible, and and, and they pur- purposely feed animals, and it's like, well, I'm just feeding it a couple nuts, or I'm just doing this. And it's like, no, you shouldn't do any of that. Keep a clean campsite, and then mm-hmm. you don't cause the problem. Because you leaving food around is drawing the animals in, and it's human's fault. And, and yeah, but Derek, what the really interesting point about this case study is, it was not a nuisance bear. It was a predaceous bear that didn't know what humans were. Yeah, and it treated it like it was a moose calf and took its head off. That's that. That's how they would kill a moose calf. And what was going on with that was, it's like, oh man, what do we do now? Because it really was doing its natural thing. It wasn't a nuisance bear coming to get your food, right? So, okay. And the same time, I'll, I'll go on the same the other side of the coin and go on Derek's side. It's like. Well, if I was a family member and found out that my, you know, th- those people were killed by a bear, I wouldn't want that bear killed, right? So, uh, one of my students uh, years ago uh, was working in Banff National Park, and there was an incident. If you guys remember the, in the in the news back then, there was a bear that was causing a problem at the at the go- golf course in, in Banff, and so it got three times. It, it caused problems three times and finally said, that's it. So they dart, they darted it and they tagged it and they removed it. But that bear will always come back. And it came mm-hmm. back and it went after a woman. She went, ran up a tree. Uh, the bear went up the tree, pulled the, the woman down the tree and then killed her. And then my student actually was on global news and cause global news put a camera on, on, on him and said, why did this bear do that? And he pointed to the development of the golf course in the national park. And he goes, that's why we're in its own habitat. 
And this is back in the you know early 90s when this happened. But he was removed from his position, first of all, because he went on global news when he was working for the government. And he didn't yeah. get clarification. It was not a like, good reason. He shouldn't have said that. He wasn't him. authorized, yeah. Yeah, well, he was right. That, that's why that bear went after that person. You build a golf course in a national park, and then you kill a bear because the bear is the problem. Yeah, it's a sad thing. But 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 also the, on the on the other side of the coin, the family members said, "We want that bear shot. It it killed my mm-hmm. daughter." Right. So I don't have the answer for you, but my God, I thought this was going to be a pleasant show tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're the one that brought up Bates Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other video you did this year was the Algonquin Outfitters 60th anniversary tour. You did the yes. round, uh, the park. That was pretty cool. That was a, that was awesome. Uh, Randy said, Hey, Kevin, what are you doing this week? Going, oh, uh. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, he wanted to promote the 60th anniversary and, uh, I'm thinking, okay, well, how can we do this? That's exciting. And I know all the people in the Gawkwin Outfitters, right? I've known yeah. them for years. And uh, especially, you know, like um, Jerry and, and, uh, and all them, right? And uh, So I said, well, how about we just do a whiskey chat? And I went, yeah, you know what? Well, we can't really do a whiskey chat. Uh, uh, it was, again, during COVID, too. So uh, whiskey chat says, well, but I really like to see them in person. I, I don't want to do a, a Zoom whiskey chat with all these people. Um, especially Jake. So Jake was the big thing. Like Jake basically lives uh, up in uh, at Cedar Lake at Brent, and he was the one person I wanted to interview. Like yeah. I know him really well, and and he has so much history. There should be a book written on Jake, right? So I thought, no, we should just do this as, as a as a tour. So I didn't know the guy. The, the, the guys were going to go with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, 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 road trip, road trip. So uh, we did the tour. The, the B-roll I have of Jake, you know, I'm going to put it in a box. And when I die, uh, Sean, uh, you're going to unbury it, that, and then show everybody. <laughs> I, I, if you don't know Jake, you have to realize what I'm talking about. Like, uh, he, he works for a business, and his main ide- idealism of Brent, and he goes, I want this road on the way in to be as rough as hell because I don't want anybody here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we did we did the Brent run a few years ago and uh it ends at mm-hmm. at Jake's place. Yeah. And then before you turn back and head back down. And we sat with him for uh a little while and chit-chatted and yeah, he's I've I've met him a few times and he's quite the character, but a yeah. wealth of knowledge. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I sat we yeah. me and uh Grant and Johnny, we sat there for a couple hours having a good chat with Jake and he told us all kinds of history and history of the park and how he started things and got a lot a lot of stories out of him that day. It was uh when we were doing the Minus Link. Minus Link. And so we stopped in and, and we chatted with him for two plus hours we we just kept talking and talking it's like hey if, this is holding us up but we're going to keep talking if you could dump anybody's brain into a computer <laughs> yeah his would be definitely one of them it's worthy yeah yeah, yeah. The stuff that yeah. he knows Ju- yeah judy character too and he loves the park and and even jerry uh um uh if you watch that interview with jerry like if you want to know knowledge about even the history of obiongo and the Bates Island, whatever, that's fantastic. But also um, the, the whole family uh, of, of Gongren Outfitters, um, it was great to interview them and what, what's going on about the future of it. Oh, Rich and, and Tanner, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like Rich is a great guy, and then Tanner. I never really. Uh, it's so funny. I I didn't know Tanner, his, his son, and I was told by everybody, "Oh, he's really nervous. Like he's really, really nervous. I don't know if this is going to go well." He was fine. Yeah. I, I, it was the thing my dad taught me: just throw it at them. Like this guy, like, oh. so what's it like being being the son of 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 it, and actually it's going to progress because of you. <laughs> Yeah, that's the most stressful thing you could ever do on someone. You know? But the way you do it is, is different, right? Like, oh, I'd be nervous. I'd be throwing up, too. Like, I mean, he goes, oh, Kevin. Um, and and the interview, Nate from uh, Huntsville, he's one of the young guys. Um, Austin. New guys. Yeah, and Austin was great. Uh, I, uh, Austin was, uh, like, that That guy just wants to be in a boat driving back and forth. And we all go delivering boats back and forth. Like, like he yeah. just wants to be in the park. That's all he wants. You can tell. And, um, yeah, I, I just loved it. I, I loved that whole time. And it was kind of cool to drive around the park and realize how big the bloody park is. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's me. But I, I, went, I turned everything off. I swear to God, guys. Oh, look, it's Christine. It's my, it's my partner trying to get a hold of me. She knows I'm doing it. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, she's butt dialing you this time. <laughs> she is. I'm going to say that to her right now. But yeah, I know it's amazing. It was good. It was also to, to show how um, local communal based that they are, and how you know it, it, it. They because it was one of the busiest times of the season, and the marketing guy um, said, "Oh my, I don't know how we're ever going to get this done." And I went, "Oh no, just send him an email. Kevin's going to dr- drive around and interview them. Boom, done. Yeah, easy peasy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was good." So those were some of the trips you did. You've, uh, we'll just switch gears here into books. Uh, you are, your your complete guide to winter camping, the second edition is out. Who would think that? Oh my Lord. You, you, can you imagine? I remember going to the publisher and saying, I got a great book idea. Winter camping. They're like, really? Really? Who goes winter camping? Oh no, no, it's a big thing right now. It's fish hot tending. Really? And then they, they did research on it, and they're like, okay, you know, Kevin, you've done well for us before. Like, we'll go for this, and we'll do a print run of certain numbers, and all right. And then they're like, hey, Kevin, uh, it's sold out. We got to do a second edition. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. Um and uh, added, like, actually, it was great. They, they said, well, we can give you 33 more pages. Went, really? Because you don't know, know anything about publishing, but that's really rare to, to be given 30 more pages or plus uh, in a, a second reprint. Right. And then they, they did the reprint for the Clarny and the French River. And then just recently they said, oh, by the way, uh, that the top 60 canoes that used to be the top 50 canoes, now, can you do the top 70 canoe routes? Uh, like, w- what's going on with COVID? Like, everybody's buying your book. It's like, oh, so I've become the, has been the canoe author that now everybody's buying. And Pierre Burton warned me of this. <laughs> <laughs> You're the golden boy once again. <laughs> yeah, remember, just remember that, or, or think back to this moment in my life. I was in my mid-20s. I had maybe two books out. And I was at some book show in Toronto for the publishing company and all these authors were there. Um, oh, what's the woman that was in Three's Company? Suzanne Summers. Yeah, she was there. Um, she was not a delight at all. Um, but imagine this moment. Okay. On my right is Red Green. 
Wow. On my left is, is Pierre Burton. Wow. And ahead of me is David Dave Suzuki. Huh. Okay. Now, the only reason I'm there is because... Somebody I lost a, a bet? <laughs> no, no, no. They, I was no one. I was no one at all. But I'm looking around and went, oh, my God. Yeah. And then I embarrassed myself. I read green. I said, can you sign this piece of duct tape? And he goes, yeah, I haven't done that before, Callum. We <laughs> 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 were getting along really well. We were actually having a, a blast. And then Pierre Burton... Um, he actually was an amazing person to be quite honest. Uh, he 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 knew how to play the whole media thing, whatever and stuff like that. But but when when the everything was away, it was just him and I. It was almost like Margaret. Margaret, I would have been really good to me too. Uh, but uh, Pierre Burton said, "Remember this kid," and he said, "Kid." I wrote it down my journal. Remember this kid. When you get into your fifties, you're just going to be a, a, a rehash writer. So you better write a lot of good stuff now because you're going to have to rehash it when you get <laughs> and, and he was right. Well, I looked at him and I said, I am so sorry, sir, but that will never happen. Like, what the? And him and I had a bit of a tiff. And he's right and he's wrong because what happened was, uh, yes, I'm doing rewrites of all the books I've written, which in one sense I should be proud of. I mean, I think it's fantastic. Uh, but at the same time, I can still write a story, right? So, so here's the thing that happened. Right then, uh, a, a young kid went up to Dave Suzuki and was admiring him. And, and Dave Suzuki has a bit of a temper. And, and basically, he told this kid off saying, you know, what, I, I, I won't get into de- de- details. But, but Greg Green did not like what was going on. And I told Dave Suzuki off saying, well, you know, I teach young kids, right? So, well, that's wrong. You shouldn't have said that to that kid. And Red Green agreed. And Pierre Burton started giggling. And I went, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in this circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, go well, big or go there. home. <laughs> oh, no, it was hilarious. I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm, I'm sitting here. And so uh, what, what happened recently, though, was really interesting. So um, during COVID, uh, um I was in lockdown on my own. In fact, the first lockdown, imagine 12 weeks with a dog and I just by myself, right? <laughs> so, yeah, and, and you think, well, this is a great time to write. And I could not write at all. Uh, it was crap. I wrote, but it was crap. And I even uh, was on a CBC show once, uh, you know, online, and Margaret Atwood was there in the green room, and she remembered me. It was actually really great. She's actually a really good person, too. She helps a lot of writers out. And um, so she goes, you, you need to write. Like, this is the best time ever. You're, you're locked down. What else for you to do? And I could not. It was garbage, right? Second lockdown, nothing. And then when we were finally able to go out, so I went on this one canoe trip where we were finally able to go out. I came back, and I wrote like you would never believe, right? And I started writing this, this uh, book called Wilderness Essays. And um, so I started writing a whole bunch of stuff and uh, about, about life, Growing up, about full of anxiety, full of depression, going out to nature to deal with that. Um, the one story about about my dad would drop me off to the Boy Scouts, and I would I would run away to the trout stream. He never knew I went to the Scouts. Uh, all all these stories about about me um, working at a wildlife center, taking care of all these animals, like a beaver with three feet, and all these things, right? And it started blah blah blah, just spit it all out. So then, just uh, so I finished it. 
and send it to uh, my editor, my friend editor, not not my uh, my regular publisher, because I wanted to publish this on my own because it's a personal account. And it was so funny. She said, "So you've written your memoir, Kevin?" I went, "No, no, no. It's called Wilderness Essays. Another Bend in the River. It's just a bunch of Wilderness Essays." She goes, "No, you've written your memoir." <laughs> I went, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do this. It'd be good." <laughs> Aren't you supposed to do that when you're about to die? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we brought that memoirs up. come out. <laughs> yeah, no, we brought that up, and uh, and I said, well, no, I don't want this to be a memoir because you're supposed to do this when your leisure is sixty or more. She goes, no, a memoir is not supposed to be that. You can write three or four memoirs in your life. It all depends on the reason why you're writing it. Memoir and number this- two, number one, we were just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> true, Kevin, true, it, was, it was a cold. <laughs> But this one is all about about me with so many people too, and I think this is why it came out during COVID. Is like because I was well, I still am a very anxious kid. I got a, st- a speech impediment uh, up until I was fourteen years old, right? So um, didn't like to be around anybody, and and yet you see me at the canoe shows. I'm, st- I'm on stage doing silly stuff. So, but it was nature that cured all that, mm-hmm. uh, right? So uh, that was what. So that's a memoir. The, I mean, there's a re. The re if you look at the definition of memoir, it's not really like this is my life. It's no, this has happened to my life, and this is what happened because of that. So right, yeah. So I, I did that, and I gave it to them, and we'll see what happens. Uh, it was kind of cool. And I, hope, I, it, I uh, hope it comes out. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's going to be out in March. Like oh, it's, in March, it's oh, there we go. Yeah, I, and I do it on my own. I invested my own, my own money, just like uh, once around Algonquin. I did the same. I'm doing the same thing. Awesome. Do you include the story where you and Red Green had the tag team fist fight with David Suzuki and Pierre Burton? <laughs> no, I should put that in there. But you, you know what? Throw that in there. Who's gonna Who's gonna say otherwise? No, I know. But, but Sean, you're in the book, though. Uh, uh, oh, the story I... about. So I, I wrote a chapter uh, about being a published author and how that started because it was just pure luck. I I I literally wrote a nature column for local newspapers and then nature's way with my frontal affair or whatever and then i would i went into a publishing uh place in boston mills and said oh i want to write a book i was just a kid and so uh so it was on clarney so i did that but then i, I looked at all the books i wrote and w- when the living legacy thing happened in 1999 so 287 parks were created in, in 19, 1999 and what happened was they these parks people that I talked about, my friends of mine, they're still friends with, they called me in and said, well, can we take it for lunch? And we have to create all these parks and we get two months to do it. So the majority of those parks were created from my, my guidebooks uh, wow. because they didn't, they didn't have the time to, to paddle them or research them or whatsoever. They're like, okay, well, why, why is the Minata one in your book? I was, well, this is why, this is why, why, why is Chinakuchi and why is the, the, um, um, all those places, right? So, I think back a little at my journals. I go, I got to write this up. I got to tell people that this is how we protected those places, right? Because mm-hmm. others were palling the places. That's why we protect them. Definitely. And so, um, yeah, so we did that. And um, I, I, and I, I'm going off on tangent. So it ended up that um, that uh, yeah, it just became this memoir of ideas and everything else. And uh, but there's some funny stories. So what what Sean, how you got involved was. I finished that chapter by going back in time where I did the anniversary, and you, you tell the story better than I. Where you know, thirty years later, I, I'm I'm going back to where I wrote my very first book because the, the 
Killarney's having its anniversary, and I go canoeing across Killarney. Isn't this a great idea? <laughs> and I injured my back. I injured my back, right? And and uh, I, and I was really bad. Like it was bad. I yeah. couldn't move. And I was popping medication, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to push my spot. I was really, really closely pushing the spot device. And I hear this, and that's Sean Wollin from <laughs> Radio. And say, like, you cannot mistake that voice, right? Yeah. And, my God, I know him. I know his wife. His wife is a very lovely person. I, I'm pretty sure that if I call them, they'll come over and they'll help me out. I went, no. <laughs> I'll we'll never live this down. Yeah, I will never live that down because you would have this on. Oh, I see Kevin Callan during his anniversary trip across Killarney and oh, the old bastard. And <laughs> this so, week's episode I, brought to you by Sean Rowley, savior oh, of Kevin Callan. It, it's such classic moment. Like you, you really, I, I, I'm, I exaggerate stories and stuff like that. I'm a writer, but you can't make this stuff up when Sean Rowley pals by with his wife and I lie down <laughs> the bush and hide. <laughs> And let you go. And in the morning, I literally, because there was only the two portages left. I was in, what, Clarion Lake? Clarion Lake, yeah. yeah. Clarion Lake. So uh, going into uh, Fridley and then the other. So I, I literally dragged my boat across the land, dragged my pack across the land for the two portages, and got myself out, and everything's fine, and never had to thank Sean Rule. <laughs> and I've said this, it wouldn't have been me. <laughs> Tracy would have had to carry you out carry all your gear out because we were up there that weekend i was when you heard us talking i was pointing out different different parts of uh what you can see from from killarney lake you know the direction of the the trails and and all the quartz cliffs and stuff and we were up there so that she could learn to properly portage a canoe or not learn to but get practice uh portaging the canoe and stuff like that and uh, so I would have out and out said, okay, here's your practice. Yeah, yeah. Here's Kevin's backpack. Save here's Kevin. Kevin's canoe. <laughs> so it's, mu- it's much worse than you <laughs> you originally thought. Yeah, you know what? I, I would have loved for that moment because if she helped me out and you didn't, um, I would have beamed. I, I think we, it, it, or Derek. If Derek was paddling, I would have said, Derek, Derek. <laughs> anybody but Sean anybody but Sean <laughs> but, but picture this Kevin you and I are sitting on the side of a portage trail sipping whiskey watching Tracy walk by with your canoe and your back my canoe we're both giving her directions on how to do things <laughs> clink cheers Kevin <laughs> and then she beats us to death <laughs> oh my god! The ultimate moment would be at the end at the at the uh, the takeout. I would just say, "Oh, the back was just a scam thing." <laughs> <laughs> Sean and I were just seeing if you'd do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we so we've got that. We've got the turkeys in in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there's just so many things, Kevin. So many things that just Christine's butt dialing. We're just interconnected forever. It's true. It's true. It was meant to be. It was apparently. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you've been doing this year were your whiskey chats. Ah, oh, yes. You did some oh, more ones. I, you mean, I gotta, re- I gotta pour myself another one. What? Hold on. Yes. Tell a story here. <laughs> it was twenty twenty one. We're in lockdown. And Kevin did whiskey chats again. Are you back? 
<laughs> he's boring. <laughs> he's boring. I can hear him boring. So one of the one of the um, guests you had on this year was John Turk. We, yes. When we were at the outdoor Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show a couple of years back, uh, we were going through the list of who we wanted to to see, um, and John was one of them. I definitely wanted to, to watch him, and he talks about the meeting the the shaman um, grandmother uh, up in was it Siberia, and you know getting into the the whole shamanism and the magic and the the getting back to the land and. How it, nature and everything like that. He was very interesting guy, really interesting. Yeah, you and you have to know what this man has done. Uh, oh not, yeah, not so intellectually, just physically, and, and yet he doesn't really talk about it. This man like paddled across the 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 ocean from Japan to to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, he he went. I, I, I could go on about his trips, and you really have to watch that interview. Uh, I know John because, again, he sat beside me many times at canoe shows signing books. And I would, hey, John, how are you doing? Hey, Kevin, who are you? And then we get to know each other. And quite rarely I, I would be able to get to a show. He'd get to one, one of my shows. But I'd read his books. and But he's so deep philosophical about things that it's like sitting with a monk. Yeah. <laughs> right? And But the monk doesn't sit on a on a mountain all the time. He actually goes paddling for thousands thousands of kilometers and doesn't really talk about it much said yeah that was really cool man well it's funny you should say that because i'm sitting there thinking look at all these things this guy's done and and i've never actually heard him i've read and and you know seen articles about him and i said i got it i got to check him out i got to check out his his um his talk so we, we got seats and I think we were like two rows back, and he comes up there and he starts talking. And you, you've got to, you just got to, you just got to listen to him to what he says because I'm th- all I could think of is, oh my god, where's Cheech? Because Chong is up on stage, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he's just got that mellow talk and and like you say, philosophical gets right into it. And you know, we're paddling, man, and and doing. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. start listening to what he's saying, and yeah, we're, we're so, yeah, we're so blessed uh, with this uh, canoe community. If, 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 even like, for example, like D. Whalen, like a really good close, close friend of mine, and, yeah. and so you know, I'll, I'll go to one of my classes. I, so I teach you know students at risk uh, part time, and I'll go in. They're all bored over there. Right? What'd you do, Kevin, last night? Well, I interviewed D. Whalen. Well, who's she? Well, she went across Canada for six years. <laughs> like, really you know her? Like, yeah pretty cool person and you listen to her talk and she's so deep in thought like uh, she she did not do the trip in, in a rush she visited all the first nations people she knew along the way yeah uh and and related to the land and way how they relate to the land and how we should relate to the land and oh man it's so it's amazing to know these people and, and also uh uh david pelly like he's yeah. with, with far north with all these uh, First Nations uh, youth, taking them on trips and did all these amazing programs because of the sun dying and con- reconnecting with that and like oh man and and, and then Ian, Ian Tamlin well actually I got to say I would the only one this year I was really nervous about uh, in fact pacing back and forth before I did the interview with him was Ian Tamlin because uh, I didn't really know him I knew of his music and you you probably you know. Maybe not my age, but anybody my age in the paddling community, 
you will listen to an Ian Tamblin uh, album uh, or cassette, whatever, DVD, whatever, blah, 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 uh, on, on the way, way to the access point before you do any canoe trip in the north, on, on Superior especially. And I got to know him, and then him and I communicate back and forth through the week, and uh, it's fantastic. And, and then Adam Schultz, I interviewed him twice. Uh, I also interviewed the Canoe for COVID guys, the guys mm-hmm. that went across 60-plus days. Uh, and, you know, that trip was amazing because nobody really wanted to touch them at all. Uh, they're like, who are these kids? What are they doing? Of course, I'm like, well, I teach kids that are really kind of positive individuals, and I think I should help these guys out. So um, so I helped them out, and Novacraft helped them out, gave them canoes, and, and they went across and did, did the, the trip. It was amazing video footage they got. Um, and Tori, uh, I, I'd love the moment when I, when I interviewed Tori, and uh, you, you got um, Jim Baird, right? Jim and really, in the background. <laughs> yeah, really well known, and Jim is getting into the shot. And, of course, I love that scene where, like, Jim, it's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard my name. It's not about you, Jim. <laughs> and, 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 and the interview, and, and actually, I, I'm not knocking Jim at all. He's a fantastic person. But but it wasn't about him. It was about Tori, about her actually uh, doing the whole program, getting women out mm-hmm. on canoe trips and promoting th- that. And and I, I just love the whiskey chats. I at the same time, you know, it'd be better if I was actually by the fire with them as opposed to doing Zoom again. I think we're all Zoomed out, to be quite honest, but yeah. Well, there, there's something to be said for having a bunch of people around the fire and recording. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because, I mean, our 300th episode, that's exactly what we did. Yeah. And it's pretty cool just to be able to just actually sit around a fire and chat with people and record that conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's more organic. It's not you're just you're. It's an actual fireside chat, so it just yeah. works out. Yeah, it really does. I the, the only I would say the only positive thing of COVID doing the Zoom ones, and I didn't do them live. I I I, I didn't do them like Dennis is, uh, does on his uh, his outdoor uh, canoe hound canoe outdoor adventure because I like embedding a lot of their footage and stuff yeah. with storyline. Because it adds more of a storyline, right? So I, I, I like that. Uh, it also doesn't make them as as nervous because they're not live. I can take stuff out, right? Yeah. Well, and that's why we do it this way because that way we can just edit whatever we don't like out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Adam <laughs> Schultz. Oh yeah, sure. When you did the when you did the uh, whiskey chat with him, the second one about his book. Um, yeah. Alone, uh, not alone. Um, Whisper in the night wind. You showed all yeah. that footage, and I, 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 fin- I just fin- actually sitting right here beside me. Uh, I finished reading that. You read that book, correct? He did. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Derek, Derek, did you read it? I did not. He looked at the cover <laughs> and he looked at the back cover. I went for the Coles notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listened to your uh, whiskey fireside chat with Adam Schultz, and uh, and I feel like I know exactly what happened to the book now. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Go, let's go back. And Derek, when you were in high school and your English teacher gave you a book to read and you're supposed to do a, a report, you watched the movie instead, didn't you? <laughs> no, I, I used to read a bit more back then. I I I, <laughs> I went through this uh, this program at work where I had to, I was basically reading stuff like seven days a week, and I just it's it's one of those things. That's, I'm having a hard time getting back into reading. I'm just just this uh, last winter I started reading books again after about five or six years. So it's uh, it's it's a process. I'm it, it, I had an aversion to reading for the longest time. 
<laughs> this this week's book report, Superman, episode 57. <laughs> um, how much... When you, when you, like I say, I, I read the book, and when you're showing the video in your your whiskey fireside chat there with Adam, um, in the video he's talking about the cliffs and the caves that he's looking in, and and you sort of picture it in your mind, but then you're seeing the actual video, and you're like, holy cow, that was some that that was harsh. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think it was a really good book, a really good read, actually. Uh, uh, I think that's what the biggest thing that Adam Schultz has going for him is he's a good storyteller I, I, and he does this research research a lot. Um, and that book. Yeah. And he's also very smart. He, he knows not to go and write to the canoeist. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of us. Right. So if you're going to try to make a living as a writer, be a Farley Mowat. I, I, to, to me, he's the, the new Farley Mowat. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoyed that book. Yeah, well, but you think back in Farley Mowat's days, there's a lot of people that, that dislike Farley Mowat. He was called the Harley Mowat. Uh, that probably <laughs> didn't happen. That, that's all made up. That's all exaggerated. But you know, how many young people read that? Uh, that you know, the, the boat that wouldn't be no the boat that wouldn't float, the dog that wouldn't be, the owl, something, whatever, and, and all those those stories, and then wanted to get into nature because of it. And I think he's doing that actually. He really is. Uh, mm-hmm. I now, when you were reading his book, because there's different theories on what this creature was. Did you come up with a theory, and then they in the book they came up with the same theory? Yeah, so I love that part because the, what I how I think. Um, so I'm sort of a science mind person. That's what, that's what I teach, right? How to identify a bird or a tree, whatever, right? So when he was going into the polar bear that had mange and mm. that was black skin because it had no fur that would make sense and i'm thinking oh this is a great book because he's he's not thinking he's not going and saying i'm going to find bigfoot yeah yeah, yeah. right because if it was a book like that I, well, I wouldn't have got past the first chapter i was like yeah whatever okay what drug are you on so um they went out to explore thinking that this was not true and i won't tell you the ending but the ending is freaking awesome oh right? yeah uh, yeah so, uh, but because he, it was almost like mixing up like a toss cell of Artie Lawrence, Farley Mowat, a little bit of Bill Mason, like, like speckle of Bill Mason in there. Um, and even some Pierre Burton, right? So mixing it all up and, and sort of saying, here's a story and it was readable. Mm-hmm. And even at the end of that interview, I even said like, well, what's the whole purpose? And he said, just to get people out in the woods. Yeah. But. If you if you were to take that book now, if you're on a solo trip, or even with one other person, and you know they're maybe you know sleeping in their own tent, and you're sleeping in your tent, it's easy enough to spook yourselves sometimes. Yes, at oh, night. Yes. Let your brain. Could you get away imagine from being on a solo trip and reading this book? <laughs> oh no! At yeah. night. Well, the funny thing is, uh, I did. So, so what happened was uh, he sent me the book to read. I went on a, one of my solo trips. I didn't record whatever, and I read the book because I had to read it. Because Explore Magazine actually was also asking me to do a report on it, right? right. So, so I read it, and I was like, "You." And there is B roll during the interview, so I, I didn't record it. I went, "You, <laughs> you too!" <laughs> oh my god! Because you have to read the end of the book to to see the whole spook thing of what happened of mm-hmm. what was going on, right? It's like, oh my god! Uh, it was it was to me it was like a Blair Witch moment. Yeah. Definitely a good book. It's well worth the read. 
And and uh, I'll also say about his history of Canada in ten maps. Yeah, I used yeah, to be a, a, a history nerd, and you know what? Reading that is, I I really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, I I, I read all his books, and you know his first book was not one of my favorite. Uh, uh, a little different uh, tone, and that was the first book I read of his. But right. then I remember interviewing the first time I interviewed him. I asked him about it. And he gave me a really good answer about his tone in the book. He, uh, he said, I was young, very, very young. I was in my early 20s when I, I you know, wrote that book. And I was like, oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, we got to learn somehow. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully he'll uh, – well, I shouldn't say hopefully because you know there's going to be more books coming out. Oh, no, he's, he just came back. I, I actually got a note from um, today. He got back from his big northern adventure – it was minus 44 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Wasn't um, snowshoeing through the mountains? Yeah. The, the one thing when you, when you, when you see the interviews with, with him, especially when I interview him, I, I, I collect books. I know all the books. Well, I think I know all the books, whatever, uh, about uh, Willem's travel and stuff like that. And he knows it five times more. Right. And he's a young guy. And I'm thinking, look, if you're that into it, go for it, man. Keep writing. Yeah. So, yeah. By all means. Because there's always going to be people like us that read it. Oh, yeah. Well, not Derek. Well, <laughs> well it depends if he adds a few extra pictures. He might peruse some of the pages. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like really, when, 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 you, when you got a Playboy as a kid, Derek, did you actually read the articles? or? <laughs> well, I... Wait, I wait, there were articles? <laughs> Dear Penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I learned my creative writing. <laughs> um, you got more? Are you going to keep doing the whiskey chats, uh, Kevin? Yeah, but I I, I really wanted to, uh, before the whole lockdown two years ago, uh, my plan was to go um, across North America and do a documentary film by doing whiskey chats with all these well-known people. Uh, in our community, and uh, then it got locked down. So that's why I did the whiskey chats when I got locked down here, right? Right. But I really want to. In fact, I was out in Schultz actually kept pushing me on it. He goes, "No, no, it'd be fantastic for you to keep doing that." So when we're allowed to, I would love to. I'll find a sponsor to do this because, but whatever. But spend two months and go and interview all these people and actually actually do it by the fire. The, re- the one thing is, imagine being with Cliff Jacobson on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters at a campsite with the United States on one side of the, of the fire and Canada on the other. And yeah, him and yeah. I arguing back and forth about the politics of, uh, of it all. That would be the opening scene right there. The opening right? scene would be you guys sitting down together, his tent with the floor, <laughs> the, the pad on the inside of his tent, Yours under, <laughs> and behind him is his food bag beside the tree, yeah. while yours is hanging nicely yeah. behind you. Yeah. That's the yeah, open I'm scene. Honestly, I would have so much fun doing that, right? It'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh my lord! And there's so many other people that I really haven't chatted with, uh, like like Paul Mason. I, uh, you know, I know Becky really well, and Reed. Yeah. Uh, Paul would be fantastic, but I would love to go and do some whitewater with him and go go buffing down a waterfall with them and just say, no, I'm not doing that. You're crazy, man. And then do a whiskey shot with them. And uh, there's, there's so many things. And I, I think 
there's a certain point in your life where I'm thinking, well, I know all these people. I can make all that happen. Yeah. Uh, they're all good friends of mine. We're all good, they're all good friends of, of everybody. And they would love to do it because it gets us motivated to keep going out there. And COVID, you know, you know we, we dealt with it. We all dealt with it. I, I, everybody. Uh, how many, you know, you, you, be, you were creative and actually did, did stuff online. And we changed. I mean, all my courses that I taught were all online, and I kept my students all motivated to keep a job, right, going. Mm-hmm. And I did whiskey chats, and I did presentations. I did the, my presentation tours. Like, usually I do, like, 30 to 40 to 50 presentations in the springtime, uh, you know, flying and driving all over North America in the springtime, and I didn't do that for the last two years, right? And uh, so I did them online. In fact, to be quite honest, I had a bigger audience because people were like, well, I can just sit at home and watch it. I don't yeah, have to exactly, yeah. All the people that can't get to these shows. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but then, um, you, you know, we can't keep doing that because uh, our creativity just will just – if you're a live musician, a live musician can't just keep doing Zoom chats all the time. No, no. Uh, you'll – there's only so much that you can do in that sort of um, – Media, yeah, you, you've got to get out and actually face to face, boots on the ground, as they say. Yeah, uh, we survived it. We survived it. We survived watching Blue Rodeo and all those bands online. Uh, Bare naked ladies, they did a whole bunch of amazing things online through the the whole COVID thing, uh, and, and it's fantastic. They did that, and we all did that, but we can't keep doing it. it no, it, yeah, no. Eventually, we'll be we'll all be back out and. And doing what we do. Yeah, well, I do know, that, so the Toronto show, uh, I, I talked to them today, I'm, I'm good, unless things change dramatically, I'm good to do the Toronto show this spring, I said yes, um, also some other Canadian shows, I'm not going to the United States this spring, uh, to them, most of them are virtual anyway, yeah. except for Canucopia, Canucopia is doing it live, but I said no to them. Uh, I'll, I'll still do virtual, um, and I'll miss everybody there. I, I just love that show, but I'm not doing it. Like uh, I'm not going to the United States right now because the Canucopia right at this point, uh, you, when you go to the show, um, there's no proof of vaccination or anything, right? So why would I go there and handshake everybody for four days? Yeah, and, exactly. Like I'm, I'm not doing it because. Uh, it's it's like that portage. Could there be a predaceous bear from Base Island on the portage? Yes, and maybe I'm not going to do the portage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's sort of uh, the same sort of deal we're taking. And I mean, you know, especially with my wife working at the hospital, we we can't take that risk. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what about winter camping? Now you we've talked. Your your book is out. You've done a video pyramid versus a frame tents. Um, I'm sorry, your, your complete guide to winter camping second edition is out. Uh, you did your late fall trip with the hot tent, but what about winter camping? Usually you do some winter camping. Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I've got some winter workshops, uh, on the go because I, I, um, I'm down at teaching hours at the college right now, which is oh, fine. So I, I think I'm going to spend my time doing something. So, uh, through Yours Outdoors, I'm doing some winter workshops with them. So uh, at the end of January, so you can spend a day with me. And uh, oh, I think I have it. <laughs> what? Oh crap! <laughs> what was that? No. that was that was that was Derek. Oh, blame me. <laughs> what? What's going on? 
<laughs> so yours is outdoor at the end of January, you say, a day with you. <laughs> oh, let's go back to Derek's, Derek's uh, emotional response. Like, what's going on, Derek? You right. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is John. You, 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 I, this is not the Derek you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> I, I, I think Derek is very, very, you know, broke, broken down. That he could not spend a day with me. Yeah, I would well, love to, Kevin. Pure jealousy. I would actually yeah, love to spend it, a day. I'm, I'm a very calm person. Yeah. <laughs> the calmest of all the Callens, from what I understand. Oh, it's true, though. It's true. It's true. Uh, so we had to have a, um, a Zoom Christmas on Saturday uh, that I organized because there was going to be 25 of us all together, and we're like, yeah, it's kind of stupid. And uh, I should have recorded it to show everybody. Honestly, God, I was the only calm person the entire freaking, oh, my God. <laughs> I, it's hard to believe, but I'm the calmest of the whole calendar plan. Anyway, um, so Derek, you not will not be joining me, but I will be doing some... <laughs> Some winter workshops in Halifax. But uh, Zach at uh, Front Nugget Outfitters asked for me to do the same, which is really cool because I, I, I stay uh, at Christine's uh, in Kingston, so it would be kind of cool to go there for the day for that. But uh, Andy uh, has calmed down his business, so uh, him and I and Tim hopefully will be doing the trip. Speed on Man and I will be doing trip. He, him and I have not spent a lot of time together because – his wife works at a old folks home and he works at the mm. factory. So because of COVID, we'd be doing things really careful for his wife. Right. Um, he's quite concerned for good reason to go around anybody. So uh, we're going to do something. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to be in Clarny. Uh, actually, in a couple weeks, I'm doing a Clarny trip. Oh, where yeah. are you going? And, uh, I don't know yet, but I'm going up there because I looked at my calendar and I went, oh, I'm out of here, man. Hmm. Isn't awesome. it uh, campsite specific booking now? Oh, no, that's for summer. That's for summer. No, so oh, you're doing winter. No, this is all news for you guys. Um, so they are going to open their front country camps for winter, like for the whole front country. Oh, that's because awesome. of the popularity. Yeah, they're going to start. That, they're probably going to announce that this week. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to book. When that all out happens, and I'll do that, and I'll go in the interior as well. Silent Lake does the same thing. Actually, Silent Lake is so busy that there used to be just two cluster of campsites you, you would go to, but now they're opening the whole bloody place up. There's just so many people wanting to go yeah. hot tenting, cold tenting. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's Mew Lake at uh, mm-hmm. in Algonquin. That's nuts. And then they end yeah. up opening Canis Bay and Lake of Two Rivers. Yeah, and- it's so popular now. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, guys, it's fantastic. Uh, I, there's days where I curse all that because it's like, I don't want to, this is a zoo out there, mm-hmm. right? But I spent my entire career trying to get people out in the outdoors, and now it's happening. Way and to go, Kevin. <laughs> well, it, and it's nothing to do with me. It's, a, it's because of the pandemic. Yep. But it does prove, it does prove that actually when something happens drastic in this, in this world, we all go back to nature to cure our minds because we're all born from wilderness, right? Yeah. So, so I, I'm not knocking at all. However, there has to be someone, some I would I would hope they can say a government agency saying, "Hey, don't poop on the portage." Okay, don't do these things. These things are wrong. And if you look back at the history, this all happened like in the 70s and the 60s and the 40s. When all these people went out in the wilderness because of something drastic happened in the world, 
that there were so many people that the government had to step up and actually educate them on ethics. This is not a new thing. No. Well, they gotta they gotta be telling people. They gotta Ontario Parks especially needs to come up with something. Yeah. Well, supposedly I was told that they are going to. They they were held back for some other w- w- reasons that I don't know about. But they are going to. They know what's going on. They, yeah. They're they're not oblivious to it. Obviously. Yeah. How how could they not know what's going on? Yeah. yeah. I tell you, I would not want to work for them right now. You imagine being a park warden at any of those parks this oh. summer. I, I can't imagine with with all the new people out there and and with no conscious thought about you know ethics and and all know, that no wood. trace and yeah <laughs> so it's yeah it would be uh, yeah it would be a nightmare yeah I would not want that job. Shut, shut, I, I did bring up the wet wood during our meeting with the winter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you? Did you? <laughs> uh, so. That then that's when they were like, "Oh, you're Gary the puppet again, aren't you?" Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which egos are you today? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're going over bullet points of what, you know, because I'm going to write a story about what they're doing and stuff of like that. And I went, okay, we'll have this meeting and, and uh, you know, cutting of boughs and stuff of like that. And well, we have to talk about that. And, uh, and I'm all good for that. And I said, but what about the wood? Because all these people are going into the front country. They're not going to use park wood because the wood is. And I actually said, well, I shouldn't say it on your show, but yes, I poop. I said, yeah, what is poop? <laughs> yeah, and they said, "Well, the rule is that you can you can actually still buy it locally uh, and bring it in." I went, "Well, we need to big a, do a big piece on where to get that because nobody's going to buy your crap wood, you know." That, <laughs> yeah, and they're going to bring in stuff from Southern Ontario that's full of the the ash borer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's that guy in Whitney. I yes. swear he's a member of the Wood Mob. Yeah, he's making a fortune, and he's got nice dry wood. He does. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to meet that guy. Mm-hmm. Just to shake his hand. <laughs> uh, are you saying that it's like shake his hand? Sorry, I'm. Like, <laughs> Careful. <laughs> we know where you're going with this. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> A gentleman handshake. <laughs> To thank him for the dry wood that okay. he provides everybody at the campground. Okay, Sean, I'm not judging. <laughs> well, we know there was that one time at band camp with you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about summer paddling? Any big trips for 2022? Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, the greatest thing um, is um, so when the publisher said, "Okay, we're we're doing top 60." third edition, but you're giving a, a season to work on that. Because the, the last two books, I said, guys, oh, my God, it, like, in two months, I had to do rewrites, rewrites, rewrites. So, um, so uh, oh, no, no problem. Like, Kevin, so if you want some time to paddle, and I said, well, can I add 10 roots? And I wanted to add 10 extra roots. So I even on social media, I said, well, where should I go, everybody? So I'm making a hit list of 10 extra roots. But um, Andy made a good point when we were in the late fall canoe trip on video. And it was just a, on a whim. I just had the camera on. And, and he had this book idea about portageless canoe routes. And because he's getting older and um, a bunch of us are getting older, and he goes, well, you choose some routes that actually don't have a lot of portaging. And I said, well, that would be a good book, but I don't know who would publish that. Like, uh, or even if it would sell. I mean, just maybe 
Derek would buy it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but only if there's pictures. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be pictures. So, uh, but but I, I thought, well, at least add half or even more of those routes, like North Shore of Lake Huron, Lake Nipigon, the Georgian Bay shoreline, um, uh, Ab- Lake Abitibi, all, all those places that really that, that'd be kind of cool to add to that book. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, I, I you know I'm not that old. I still want to do a lot of uh, uh, trips uh, up in. Um, Oh, uh, just uh, on the east shore of Lake Nipigon. Oh, I forget that route. Where uh, Jonathan, jo- Jonathan just did it in one of his latest videos on Lost Lost Lakes. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I love to do those. And then all of a sudden, that it, it comes back to me going on the table with all the maps and all, uh, you know, all the old books, and I'm thinking, oh, this is great. It's fantastic. So I'm going to have a really good year uh, of redoing routes. And even... Um, the publisher goes, well, I, I put the Grand River on that on that, that uh, list. And they, well, you've already done the Grand River. I went, yeah, but i got to do it again because we're going to write a book. Like, have got to do it again. Mm-hmm. And he starts giggling, the editor. He, says, he goes, you just do this to just go on the trip, don't you? I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just an not? excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it always has been an excuse, to be quite honest. Uh, you think back in time, all those books I, I, I wrote, I remember in the spring, uh, um, I would get laid off and, I, I would, uh, oh, I got to do all these canoe trips this year. Why? I got to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's worse things out there. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like you've had a really good year this year. Yeah. All it things was a considered. It was, yeah, it was different, different, but you kept yourself busy. Oh, I did. I, well, always, I well, always keep myself busy. It was a different year. I would, I would have loved to do more northern trips more longer trips. It just didn't happen because, uh, you know, my canoe partner uh, that I go with, he was busy at work because of COVID. We were locked down because of COVID. We're all dealing with that uh, that whole thing. Yeah. But but I got to say, guys, just remember, we all made it happen. We did. Right? Yeah. And, and everybody should pat themselves on the shoulder for this because it's not easy. Mentally, it's not easy. Uh, but we made it all happen. Yeah, you know what? I mean, everybody's got their different levels of how they're dealing with stuff and what they're dealing with. And, uh, yeah, just the fact that we're getting through it and gotten through this year. Uh, it's, yeah, kudos to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And we will get through it. And nature cures uh, um, for sure, right? So, yep. And, and, and the, at the end of the day, Sean Rowley got into one of my books. <laughs> Look at that. There you go. I'm famous now. <laughs> yeah, I'm famous peons. <laughs> you got you haven't read the piece yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are there pictures? Cuz if not, Derek won't read it either. No. <laughs> oh, 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 that's a bird. Uh, uh you got anything else to add there, uh, Kevin? No, this is great. Uh I, and I'm so sorry I missed your 300 uh, episode. I, in fact, I was on a canoe trip at the time. And yeah, I, I remember you contacted me, and I thought, "Oh, that'd be really good." But you know what? No, I'm on the woods. Sorry, uh, your loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it gave us the opportunity to say, "Well, what are we going to do?" And then we got, we're going to be out, and we're well. Let's just pack up all our garbage here and throw it in a box, and it's extra to. Yeah, to to haul in, but we'll just yeah, we'll just do a, a around the fire um, podcast for our three hundredth episode. 
with well, guys that see, we've been traveling, we've been paddling with for years. But it's true though, because really I wasn't doing anything that that night. Uh, but I wanted to challenge you. <laughs> I heard you were getting a mani pedi. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting my hair done. <laughs> my tips highlighted. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you got anything else, uh, Derek? No, I don't. No? No. Wow. I look forward to reading his next book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? You want to put a, the prick in the friggin' balloon again, man. Like, really? You know what you need <laughs> to do <laughs> is put Derek in one of your books and just not tell anybody where and say... <laughs> I've got a new book out, and you've got to find where you are. <laughs> Put it near the end, because if it's near the front, he'll stop reading once he finds there his name. <laughs> that, that reminds me of a really funny story. of a, a, So years ago, in, in the old days, where so I was uh, teaching part-time at the college. Um, students would uh, hand in essays, and I would read the essays, and there was a lot of essays, right? And it was all about environmental issues and deep thinking, whatever. And I'm reading this one night, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I, I don't really. I, 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 how much money did I get me? Like, really? Like, oh, my God. And every uh, third to fourth or fifth paragraph in the paragraph would be peanut butter written. It had nothing to do with the, the concept of the of the piece, the, the written part. I was like, what the hell? And I would circle it with a red pen, circle it with a red pen, circle it with a red pen, and put a comment, what is this? What is this? And, and it was George, uh, a student of mine. I, I remember him. And I went, George, like, what is this? And he goes, I just don't believe that you read all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you gave him an A. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I, I was like, that's incredible that you did that. And he goes, yeah, because if you didn't read it, then, you know, you wouldn't see the peanut butter. I went, that's amazing. So just a few months ago, I um, I was at the gas station. The guy across from me is George. <laughs> and, and, and oh my god, I looked at him and I went peanut butter. butter. <laughs> yeah. And I went, "What are you doing now?" And he goes, "Well, I'm writing." Uh, like he's in charge of uh, protecting uh, species at risk, and he was working with the government. And I was like, "And you're saving peanut butter, aren't you?" And he started laughing his buns <laughs> off. You remember that time? Yeah, I remember that. You taught me a valuable lesson that day, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. Because if Derek, if Derek was actually the, the prof, uh, he wouldn't even read. No. Derek would be that guy that has the, the dart board. Okay, here's George's essay. Funk. Hey, congrats. You got a B+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd have his all those marked in under five minutes. <laughs> always remember the peanut butter, Derek. Yeah, always That's right, remember Derek. The peanut butter. <laughs> well, Kevin, thanks for coming on. Pleasure as always. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I, I'm so honored to be on your show again, and you guys are amazing. I mean, good lord, you've been on forever. Three hundred and six. This is our three hundred and sixth episode. Yeah. Oh my lord, we're we're a third, almost a third, third of the way to a thousand episodes. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're a couple hundred episodes away from being halfway to a thousand. <laughs> you, you know what? Because of that, I will let you save me in, in Clarnet. Next, next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time there's a Kevin Damsel in distress. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
I'll make sure Tracy's with me and can save him. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, for coming on this week, Kevin. Okay, thank you, guys. Yeah, it's always a pleasure having you on. Okay, thanks, Paul. <laughs> if you want to find more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download and stream all our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Don't forget, we are number eight in Norway in all sports podcasts. <laughs> go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. Listen to all our episodes there. And go to your merch page when, we're, when you're there as well. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends and family and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>